One, two, three, four. Hello and welcome to It Starts With Beer. I'm your host, Will Sis, and we are listening to 3D Rhythm of Life's cover of Earth, Wind, and Fire's Fantasy. It comes by request from my guest on this episode, Elisa Bowens Mercado, the owner of Rhythm Brewing as well as Elisa's House of Salsa, both of New Haven, Connecticut. Known as Lady Lager, Elisa is used to stepping out of her comfort zone as a black female into worlds dominated by other races, and we talk about that, along with her plans to be part of Weathered Soul Brewing's Black is Beautiful collaboration project, and so much more. She was making a delivery as we spoke in this episode, so I appreciate her time. Let's listen in. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the beginnings of of rhythm brewing why did you decide to start rhythm brewing and how did you go about doing it so it it started back in cape cod at a uh, beer festival i was attending that with my husband and we were walking around we read at the cape cod beer festival tons of participants uh tons of beer enthusiasts we're walking around and we, you know, we were going and sampling beer and, you know, one booth would have a stout and the other would have, you know, like a heaven bison. And then we, you know, so you turn around and there was an IPA and then a double IPA, then a triple IPA. And, you know, and I, I mean, my husband's enjoying it, but, and I'm enjoying it too, but I'm like, you know, I looked at him at one point, I'm like, you know, do you think they have, um, you know, any like normal beer here? <laughs> gotcha. <And> so, <laughs> because no, I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, I'm like, there's really no, nor- like there's no normal beer here. I'm like, I just want something that tastes like beer because I will tell you, let's, let me bring you back about 49 years ago. Uh, my grandmothers, both of them were lager drinkers. And so paying homage to them, um, I would see them grow- growing up. I would see them, uh, kind of nursing on uh, these Miller High Life uh, ponies. And they were these little cute little bottles. And I thought, again, my grandmothers were like rock stars. I'm like, my grandmothers drink beer. I was just like, this is like, you know, just the coolest thing because you didn't think women back then drank beer, but my grandmothers did. Um, So my palate always like growing up as a kid or just being, you know, um, around my grandmothers, it was a lager, like a classic lager. So, you know, I'm walking at the, I'm in the, the beer festival and uh, we leave, it was night, you know, it was great. I just didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't get my, my fill that day or my fix. My husband certainly did, but I didn't get that like, all right, I got like, you know, this incredible, like, all right, I was there, I tasted like 25 beers that I like. I'm like, all right, I'm like, I just could, I didn't find that 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 one, that lager, that that flavor. And uh, so on the way home, uh, my husband, he, he looked at me, he said, he goes, you're, because why are you so quiet? And I looked at him, and I said, I go, I'm going to make my own beer. 
And that was it. That was about five years ago. That's a huge revelation to have. I mean, being that... my aha moment. Yeah, because it, 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 it kind of speaks to the idea of um, create the thing that you want. Uh, did you have any experience in brewing or did you really know much about the, the business side of, of running a brewery? No, I will tell you, I knew that I had a vision. I knew from uh, the Cape Cod Brew Festival, two things that um, there were not a lot of lagers out there or a lot of beers that tasted normal, at least to my palate. And um, also there were not a lot of um, women Number one, and if they were there, I was there for the beer. To, to, I mean, I really was there for the beer, um, but there was a lot of, uh, not a lot of women. And, and if they were there, they were kind of following along, you know, the husbands or the boyfriends and, you know, just maybe a group of, you know, women that were beer enthusiasts. Um, and then, you know what, being a person of color, uh, I couldn't help but notice that there were not a lot of uh, people of color in the crowd. And I'm just like, you know, it wasn't adding up. I'm like, the, the, the beer industry is billions of dollars. And, um, you know, we really don't, there's no face. There, there's none of us that are participating in the beer industry. So I think, well, it became a passion project um, and which drove me to start literally like, um, you know, doing an incredible, like just getting a bunch of research together on breweries and beer and the industry because I wasn't making beer in my bathtub. No, and that's what, you know, the story tends to kind of get aligned where it's usually a bunch of white dudes who were, you know, in insurance or something and, you know, they, they got the bug by being home brewers and then they said, hey, yeah. let's, let's go pro. You didn't come at it from that angle. No, not at all. Not at all. All. I mean, I had enough stuff in my kitchen that I, if I started trying to brew, my house would have really been like a, a complete mess. So, no, I, I literally went in a completely different direction. But I knew when I left Cape Cod that the three things I knew that were for sure. I knew that I wanted to make a difference in the industry. I knew that I wanted to create a beer like my grandmother's um, drank, a, a, just a lager. Um, or Pilsner, and I was gonna, and I wanted more people of color, and I wanted more diversity. I wanted more women in this industry, and I think that's what um, that that would that's what drove me. That was like that initial like, all right, this is I, I've got to learn more about this. Now you'd already had uh, experience as the owner of a of uh, Elisa's House of Salsa, right? Yes. What's, yes, that what, is my first baby. What skills did you bring from that part of your life to rhythm? So running a, a Latin dance studio, and um, we literally, uh, we're, well, I'm actually celebrating 20 years this year at the House of Salsa. So uh, I always say I can't forget about your first child. So that's kind of, like Elisa's House of Salsa is my first child, and rhythm is my second child. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Yeah, 20 years of dancing um, has been incredible. But you know what? The business sense. It's like I was able to take, you know, the business and the, and the, the books um, and just kind of like adapt that to building and be, well, being an entrepreneur for, for all the, those years. You know, you learn the journey. You learn the, the heartaches and the headaches of running a business um, from the ground up. 
Um, but then I will tell you, my parents, you know, owned a construction company. And for about 12 years, I ran, uh, I was a general contractor with them. So I, you know, I got my feet wet, kind of like, you know, being an entrepreneur pretty early on in life. Right. And you knew that because you weren't, you know, well steeped in, in making beer, you weren't, you weren't experimenting in your in your bathtub or in your basement, you went outside to, to get a recipe. Is that how that worked? Yes. So I, so when I knew what, what taste or flavor I was going for in my brain, I researched um, recipes. I researched what was in a lager, like, you know, what hops and malts and, you know, just everything, like everything that, that would make up a typical like lager you know, what was in it. But then I started researching additional resources of, you know, buying beer books or getting books for like presents for, for Christmas and um, like different styles, like what's in an ale, what's in a pilsner, what's in a lager. And I made sure that I was collecting all of these different flavor profiles so that when I, you know, went to, when I found someone to, to, to hopefully do the pilot, I would be, you know, I would have that dream uh, beer that I was envisioning in my, in my brain for five years. Right, because uh, it's not going to just come out right away. Um, yours is known as being a little hoppier than, than most uh, lagers, but the idea was that you wanted to dial in. You already had something in your mind's palate, so to speak, and, and you, were, you were able to achieve that. Now, once you started Rhythm... Uh, I'd like to say suddenly there were all these other uh, uh, black owners and women owners, and it changed the face of Connecticut Brewing. That did not happen. Um, but, you know, right now it seems as if you're getting a bit more attention. Uh, and this is primarily due to, to national and international uh, forces with uh, the, the murder of George Floyd and then the uh, protests around it. What um, has changed for you recently in terms of this this kind of let's look at uh, black-owned businesses? You know what? Um, I, th these are times that we've never seen in this country, and uh, we'll be talking about this. Our you know, kids will be talking about this, grandkids, uh, for years. It's um, What has happened is going to change the face on in not only the beer industry but just collectively on um, with with i think a, with generations to come what we have seen and well I, but i will tell you going back a year and a half ago when the associated press first picked up the story um of us being the first um african-american and first african-american um woman-owned beer brand in the state's history we, you know, received uh, some national uh, recognition, um, which was great because people then around the country, like, you know, about a year and a half ago, wanted to know where can they get it, where can they get it. But then, you know, well, it kind of went back to business as usual. And we were like, that's fine. Sure. We, 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 again, we were just on that mission to, you know, change the, just change the industry, add a little flavor to the industry, add a little diversity to the industry. But what we're seeing now um, our social media in the last 72 hours has tripled. 
um, we have had an outpouring of support from our Connecticut beer family. Uh, shout out to uh, beerfest.com. You know, we've got uh, Kevin Mardoff and his his co-pilot, love them, and we've got Phil Pappas from the Connecticut Brewers Guild and Kate. I mean, and, and I mean, a ton of other associations, organizations, and brewers who have really stepped up, and not just in the past, but presently, have shown us exactly like the the, the solidarity that we um, we we wanted to see or that we are seeing now in the industry. So, um, I mean, it's just like one of those things where, you know, you're trying to get, you know, the, 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 the people in places that are going to get you to where you're going, but collectively as a family, um, all races and, and, and genders, and that's, that's what I think is so powerful with what his, all these adversities uh, with the George, George Floyd case, I think people recognize that you know what people are disenfranchised. There are some, there are races. There, there's a black generation, the black culture that have been disenfranchised for for years. And um, I just think it's bringing light and it's bringing conversations that I think a lot of us had not had. And this is the opportunity. Even if even if it's through the beer community to have so, um, I, I just think uh, this is a change that was needed, and a change moving forward. It's going to be um, it's just going to create more solidarity and unity. Well, it certainly adds a, a bit more responsibility, you know, to you. You're the face of rhythm, and you know, up until this point, you know, rhythm, you know, just by looking at the cans or the website, there isn't a lot that. Uh, screams um, black ownership until you know you start reading your bio and learning more about you. Do you think that that's going to take more of a forefront? I mean, can a how far can a business get when it comes to being a protester or uh, making adding to that change that that reversing that or starting to reverse that systemic racism uh, and, and and get things in the right direction? Well, you know what I. We, what we have always said um, from the beginning that, you know what, we take the, the fact that I'm a, you know, woman out of it, take the fact that I'm a, a black female, you know, if I'm not making good beer, um, I don't want any, nobody should be buying it. So we always stood on the kind of the credibility of, you know, this is a beer brand, it's local, it's Connecticut, it's a lager, and they make damn good beer. That's what we wanted, and that's what we've always um, tried for. Some people before uh, this didn't know that uh, we were a black-owned beer company, and it's okay. That was fine because people were buying it, black, white, you know, yellow, purple, green. They loved the rhythm. They loved actually the stories. They loved the the whole concept behind it. They loved the fact that in the midst of, you know, New England that, you know, some chick was, you know, bold enough to come out with a, you know, a lager and not the typical IPA, double IPAs that we see in the industry. Yeah, that's revolutionary in itself, for sure. And yeah. the, the the idea that you know, you're a success story based on the fact that you're making good beer, uh, not necessarily that you're fighting oppression, but the fact that you mm-hmm. are successful um, with the product. Of course, it all kind of blends together eventually. And I think that's 
been part of the rise in beer over the last couple of years because it's not so much just that you have a good beer. You need to, as you had said, have a good story. And more and more now, you need to have a nice tap room. Although, I guess now I think about it, with the fact that you don't have a tap room, this COVID um, shutdown, so to speak, really has uh, probably not affected you as much, although I could be wrong. Is the fact no. How have you been weathering this, uh, the, the pandemic? Well, you know what? It was a blessing in disguise, I will tell you. Um, right from the beginning of the conception of Rhythm Brewing Company, I, I said I'm going to do two things. I'm going to do what everybody else in the industry is, is not doing. And this was just my own personal opinion. I said, instead of building a brewery, I'm going to build a brand. Instead of making an IPA, I'm going to make a lager. I went to the total opposite side of, you know, I just did it my way because I knew that that was going to work. Let me develop the concepts. Let me develop the, the beer. Let's, let's connect with the beer community first and see if there's like that demand for, you know, a tap room to see if it, there's a de- demand to scale up and, you know, build a brewery. So, um, during COVID, you know, I, I, I thanked God. I said, you know what? I said, I'm blessed. You know, we pray for the breweries that are, you know, that have been affected by COVID and we hope that everyone in Connecticut reopens. Um, so, but uh, we were, we were, we were fortunate in, in, in this time to not have felt the financial blows that a lot of breweries, my breweries friends have felt because, you know, they've got equipment, they've got logs, they've, you know, some of the brew schedule, you know, just kind of shut down. And I didn't have to worry about any of that. I just have to worry about, all right, you know, because the liquor stores are essential. Now you got to start getting more beer into the hands of people that are home and consuming. So that was my thing. So um, we've basically, you know, weathered this, this COVID storm um, and we haven't been hit as hard as uh, some of our brew friends out there. You were, you were on a delivery run just now, right? Yeah. <laughs> never oh st- yeah. Everybody wants everybody wants the rhythm. It so, never you stops. Know, it's just the rhythm never stops. That's what, that's what, the rhythm nation is always on the go. Always, <laughs> always, always. That sounds great. Now, <laughs> um, now, would you say that uh, you know Connecticut is inclusive when it comes to other races? You know, you, you, are you starting to see any improvement? Um, do you think that? Uh, can you think of ways that, that we can do better? You know, I, I'm going to tell you, I have been fortunate enough to team up with some of the best folks in Connecticut and this industry. Um, like Johnny from Armada, like, was a mentor out the gate. And he just, uh, my energy and his energy, you know, in the same space, you know, was just incredible. And he was excited about the inclusion and he was excited about the diversity and, you know, he just, and he's the one that made my, um, actually no, he made one of my second pilots. Um, but then, you know, we, we were working out with the folks at Shabin, um, and that was like very infantile in the, the whole process. And so, you know, shout out to the guys out there, you know, Louis Vega, awesome, you know, rich, we just kind of like brought the, the energy and the passion and teamed up, right out the gate with some, you know, some great people. So, but I will tell you, let's be real. There were some folks in the industry that, you know, it was like, 
uh, this chick, you know, coming into the industry and, you know, and, you know, as a person of color, I get some of the, I know some of that backlash that comes because it's like, well, who does she think she is? And, uh, well, cause I will tell you every time, you know, when they picked up the story and people were like, Oh, this is the first of the first of the first, I had every like, you know, media outlet, news outlet, just a ton of people, you know, just covering the story. So, you know, I would always, you know, call and say, you know, do you mind if the press is here? Do you mind if, you know, there's interviews? Um, so I was respectful, but there were some folks uh, in the industry that kind of looked at that, and I don't know why, as either a, a, a you know, a threat of, you know, what aren't we doing? Like, why is she getting all this press, and why why aren't we? And uh, But th- those are people's hang-ups, hang, hang ups, and you identify, and you know what? You just kind of, you move on, and uh, and that's what we did, but I can say the majority of the folks um, I mean, the majority, majority, like 95% of the folks in Connecticut have just been incredible and, you know, welcomes me in the industry with open arms and want to see, wanted to see that change. Well, I'm kind of seeing a pattern, too, because this isn't the first time you've stepped into the space that normally would be um, uh, of another of another race. When you start your dance uh, company, your dance uh, uh, business, that would be yeah. then Latin American, and and you're not Latin American. No, I'm not Latin American. It's funny because people, you know, I would get on the dance floor and I dance, and people are like, "Oh, she must be Dominican, right?" Or she must be Puerto Rican, and it would just be funny. And people would, you know, I'd be out, you know, dancing, and they'd be taking bets. They're like, "She's she's not African American. She's Latina, or she's you know." She's Dominican or Puerto Rican, and I'm like, and they're like, no, you know, they're like, she's African American. So, um, yes, I think I have a habit of venturing into uh, industries and cultures and, you know, just places that I know are um, that, that, you know, hey, let's diversify it. You know, anybody can, this, you know what, this story says anybody can do anything, and that's the, that's the beauty. Absolutely. That's the beauty. And, and when quality comes first and when you're putting out a superior product and you're welcoming, you know, it, it sounds as if um, all those barriers just kind of fall away. It's not like they don't exist. It's not like racism doesn't exist. But for you right. in this world, you're the queen of this world. Yeah, you know, uh, that's, it's Lady Lager. That's, you know, the queen of beers, Lady Lager. It's funny, I have so many nicknames. But, you know, you've you got to put a crown on at some point in any industry. And completely, you know, if you feel passionate about it enough, you you go for it. And, and you hope that you inspire through your mission. And I think that's what, you know, I've, I, I, I'm hoping that's what I'm doing in the industry. I, I, I'm sure that you are. Um, and then you've been reaching out to other breweries. I, I noticed that you'd signed on to work with Weathered Souls uh, Brewing, the collaboration, the Black is Beautiful Stout. Is that something that oh, you're yeah. gonna? Is that something you're gonna uh, be able to produce? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you know, this, these are exciting times. I will tell you, on um, Weather Souls has a, an incredible initiative, uh, Black is Beautiful, and they have um, over four hundred and two. I think it might be up. Actually, I, I think it might be up to five hundred breweries 
uh, across the country. 540, <laughs> looking at it right now. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's funny because, Marcus, we were, we were featured in a news article together. And um, I will tell you, what this initiative has brought is it's bringing people that are going to that are collabing that you would never expect to collab, you know, before. And so we're partnering up. Um, I can't tell you maybe yet because it, it's like still in the works. But um, we're, we're getting some heavy hitters in the industry that uh, we're going to be brewing that that stout, um, the Black is Beautiful initiative. And so it's just it's going to be great to you know be brewing you know kind of like arm in arm with um, some folks you know in the industry. It, so great idea, and it and it's not you know it, it's not like it's only open to certain types of breweries. I see that it looks like about four Connecticut breweries as of this moment have signed on. Yeah. And um, you know what what a great idea. We saw it recently with uh, I think it was called All in This Together. Uh, that was yeah. going to support uh, restaurant workers. So you know what? What a wonderful thing for you know. It's already a great industry. It's the one of the few that you that I have had the privilege to cover where there isn't a lot of snarkiness and a lot of cutting other people down. That people want right. to see each other succeed. Build, yes, and grow. You're and you're absolutely right. And I and I and you know, there's been discussions where you know people. I I, I think prior to this. I think it was always there, but people, like, I, I just don't think that there was a comfortable uh, enough time to have, you know, these conversations about the beer industry and what the beer industry, you know, look like. It's not, it's, 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 it's a bigger picture. It's not just because we're people of color and we want, we, we don't, we don't want special treatment. Every, everybody brews beer. Like, and if you're brewing good beer, like I said, then, you know, you know, go for it. You know, God bless you. But at the end of the day, um, there are things that we experience that other people in the industry will never experience. So that's why I think it's important that this kind of veil was lifted. And uh, there's a ton of people that are now just, you know, kind of saying, yes, this is this is what we've always been thinking. Now, this is what, you know, let's talk the talk. You can talk the talk. You know, but you got to walk the walk. And so, you know, with the weather souls, you know, just to see all those breweries, like you said, I mean, it has, you know, kind of skyrocketed. That's a beautiful thing. That's what we want in the industry. When, when I think about the kind of, you know, privilege that I've had, especially when in, in, in relation to the police, what I'm seeing more and more now is that, you know, the idea that white people kind of use the police as their, you know, personal security. And I and it brought me back uh -huh. to a time I remember I was in Washington DC and uh -huh. I got more or less jumped by what I can only imagine you know this this kid must have been in 6th grade. I mean it was just oh, wow. I mean, you know, and it was one of those things where he just, you know, it, and it was so bizarre. And so all I remember doing was running, which was stupid. But I got away, you know, and uh, I called the police, you know, because that's the first thing I do. Right. And the police come by and they grabbed the first African-American male they could find. I had described this kid as being like a little kid who told me he had a gun. They pulled, you know, must have been a 22-year-old, you know, six-foot-two kid, uh, you know, right. young man. And I, I mean, right away I was like, I, 
I feel like such an idiot. You know, right away I was like, no, no, of course it's not him. And I don't know what right, happened right. after that. So right. have you have you had uh, experiences that, you know, with, with police yourself? Or do you know about oh, others yeah. that have been I mistreated? Would, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, we would have to have a, a, a completely different podcast for that. Sure. Um, but I will tell you, growing up, um, in Bethany, and I, some people don't even know where Bethany is, but Bethany, uh, it's by Woodbridge. It's, uh, outside of New Haven. Sure. It's a suburb, uh, in Connecticut. And to get, so to get some, to, to Bethany, you have to drive through Woodbridge. And so I'm going to tell you, I can't imagine, I, I just can't tell you how many times I was, uh, racially profiled, um, by you know a, a, that particular police department and it just it would at, at one point i had to call the chief and which the nicest guy in the world and just let him know i'm like listen you know i don't want to like escalate this i'm like but can you please just you know put my face you know on your bulletin board in your police station and you know tell them that you know Black folks live out in the suburbs too. So, wow, like a rev- you know, like a reverse wanted poster, like wanted, not yeah, not exactly. wanted. <laughs> like I'm not wanted. Like exactly, like not wanted. Like wow. you know, she. But but these are, and then my dad, you know, my dad, my brother, you know, my mom, you know. So so we have been seeing these injustices for decades yeah. on top of decades. Um, and so it's real. It really is. It's real. Uh, sometimes we don't harp on, you know, what were what were those kind of situations. But you know, I'm gonna like literally tell you. It's like, but it's 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 really real. Sure. It's really real. So you know, to see the the reform and the change, um, you know, it's welcomed. And I think the country was getting a little, you know, tired of just the same old again business as usual let's let's be better let's let's move forward let's not let's see color um but let's not identify a person um you know because of their color you know so i mean during this time of tension i i just can't help but think i'm feeling such a small fraction uh compared to people of color and this kind of little you know, dip into it and, and knowing that things might get worse before they get better uh, really just makes me want to help where I can and also sometimes, frankly, just turn it all off, you know, and, and have a beer right. and just say, but I have the ability to do that. You know, I, I have the, you know, privilege to do that. That's not always going to happen. Um, it, it sounds right. like you're in a good position to speak your mind. Uh, you always were, but now that yeah. I mean, now that the focus oh, yeah, is I'm on, <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. And 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 you know, I'm I'll be real interested to see you know what happens with rhythm. Do you have anything on the horizon? Uh, anything that's going to change? Oh yeah, I'm going to tell you. We um, in the past uh, few weeks, uh, we have just we have been getting inundated in a great way with uh, people. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned that, you know, I'll be doing a interview with uh, Martha Stewart's, like, editor-in-chief tomorrow. Fantastic. Uh, 
Yeah, we have uh, Senator Blumenthal stopping by. They just want to check in to see how my, both my businesses are doing during COVID and, you know, being a, a black-owned uh, business owner, like, you know, how are we, like you are, are, have asked, you know, how are we weathering the storm in all of this? Um, but, you know, as far as some brewing uh, insights, um, I have a, a, a fun, fun, fun collab uh, with a brewery uh, in, in Virginia that um, I will be traveling to in a few weeks uh, so that we can prep. Uh, we'll be bro- the, the head brewmaster uh, out at that brewery uh, is uh, Rachel, and she's literally like, you know, she's the head brewmaster. So we're going to have, you know, two, two chick brewmasters, you know, side by side, um, you know, just kind of, well, social distancing, of course. Sure. But brewing a collab beer so that it can go into uh, a, a specialty feature box for a beer festival, a virtual beer festival uh, presented by Hop Culture, Hop Culture and Ouselfinch. Uh, and so our beer will be distributed throughout uh, 10, no, 12 states. And we're just we're we're so excited about that. So we're getting you know those calls, and uh, of course you know with the time sign of the times, we've got you know the 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 the, the companies that you know basically come in and say, hey, let's take you to that next level. Um, we're we're on their radar. So, uh, you know, it's 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 everything is good in the brew world right now for rhythm. We're fun. and and like I said, the country. America needs to find a new rhythm, and I think once we find its new rhythm, I think we will all be on uh, a, on track and you know on a path to a greatness for all. That sounds great. I think you're rewriting the new national anthem. I don't. I don't know. That's, it's, <laughs> so, so, this is it's all. Give me a pen and paper, Will. Give me a pen and paper. I I I got it covered. I put music to it. Uh, yeah, there what's, you go. What's the name like, of the What's the name of the Virginia brewery? Uh, it's Ouselfinch. Ouselfinch, okay. And will you also be participating in uh, Fresh Fest? Absolutely. I was just I was getting ready to tell uh, everybody uh, everyone about that. We are we are so disappointed that this year we can't physically be in um, in Pittsburgh. Um, but uh, it's incredible because our friends over, uh, you know, black beer culture and over, you know, at the Fresh Fest, uh, we're, that's going virtual also. And so, you know, we're we're just making we're going to continue to keep the beer, uh, you know, this this going like with the virtual beer fest. I think everybody's excited um, that everything's just didn't stop. So COVID didn't stop us. Um, but Fresh Fest, you know, that's a festival that has all of the major uh, top, like, black uh, brewers in the country. We all converge on, you know, on one place. And then we've got the local uh, Pittsburgh brewers um, that are there. And, I mean, you want to talk about a diverse beer festival, then that that is it. It's uh, Fresh Fest. I mean, it, it looks like the melting pot of you know, what I think every beer fest uh, should look like. So um, happy that my friends decided to keep moving forward and, you know, hosting that on August the uh, 8th of August. A long way from Cape Cod Brewfest. I'm going to tell you, that was about five and a half 
maybe six years ago, and I will tell you, it, we have come a long way, and we're just happy to be on this journey, and we just are excited. I'm excited to see where we're going. We've got our, uh, you know, our Rhythm Nation fan base that's excited to see where we're going, and as long as we keep cranking out great beers, um, and by the way, there will be more of that we'll be adding on to our portfolio. Um, so we're just, we're just, I'm excited. We're just excited about our future. I'm excited for you too. Uh, this is, a uh, uh, talk about taking, you know, a, a really rough time and, um, and, and being positive about it and, and seeing things go your way because of all the hard work you've done in advance and you're taking advantage of a wonderful opportunity. And, and I'm very happy for mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Thank you. My thanks to Elisa. You can follow her on Instagram at Rhythm Brewing Co. and Lady Lager One. Her website is rhythmbrewingco.com, where you can learn more about her and find out where to get her beer. You can follow me at Beer Snob Writes on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to toss a buck or two my way, you can drop a Venmo tip. Just look for William-Sis. Until next time, sip well.